Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 10.37 a.m. here on the 27th of February. Thank you for joining me this morning. Have you ever been in a toxic workplace environment? That's what we're going to discuss today. Thank you for joining me. Well, how's everybody doing on this fine Sunday morning here on the 27th of February? It's going to be a pretty nice day out there today. Looks like we'll get above freezing uh, by this afternoon, hopefully. But it looks like it'll dip down below freezing overnight. But like I said the other day, you know, it's... uh, Spring is just around the corner. March 1st is like Tuesday. Tuesday is March the 1st. Spring uh, spring break, the middle of March. People get excited about that. Uh, Yeah, lots of things happening. You know, of course, we know what's going on. In the uh, Ukraine, um, like I said yesterday morning, this is really terrible. And that's so, um, I wish, you know, everybody safety. And we pray for the people of Ukraine and we need to support them. Hey, if you want to do any protesting, you know, this is a good cause to protest against. None of these mandates and restrictions that we have going on in this country of Canada. You know, our restrictions are, most of our restrictions now are going to be lifted on March 1st. So why don't we go out there and protest and support the people of of, uh, Ukraine? That's what we need to protest against, ladies and gentlemen. So, anyways. Workplaces. You know, it doesn't matter where you work across all sectors of employment. It all has a potential for toxic workplace environment. You know, we look at it as, you know, a toxic workplace environment, you know, just in, uh, oh, maybe the office. All that gossip that goes on in the office too. Bad bosses. You know, it could be company policies are unfair. Well, you agree to the company policies when you got hired. But there's also the human rights codes for employment. And this one in Canada protects professionals from discrimination or harassment due to such thing as race, gender, sexual orientation, ethnic heritage, and more. And with these legal protections in place, companies must embed diverse equality and exclusive practices to create safe and just working environments where their employees feel seen, valued, and appreciated. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Good afternoon to you. 
It is morning time here in Ontario, Canada. It's actually 10.42 a.m. So we're talking about toxic workplace environments and not chemical toxic, just toxic workplaces. Maybe you know somebody who works in such an environment. Maybe yourself has worked in, in that environment as well. When it comes to, you know, when uh, company policies, uh, policies are not enforced, right? Companies are only as diverse, inclusive, and equally as the policies they enforce. If they don't actually walk the walk, organizations are only virtue signaling with empty promises. And companies need to enforce policies and procedures. So that's why they have them, right? They, the companies write the policies and procedures. So it's up to the company and the CEO or top management to enforce the company policies. And it's to promote respectful equality and exclusive exclusive behavior in the workplace in an effort to create a safe working environment that leaves no room for toxicity. Your boss has undesirable leadership skills. She doesn't like your ideas. And you have a discussion about it or it starts into an argument and, you know, your boss only sees it as a one one way street and it's, and it's theirs. And if they don't like it, they'll ask you to leave the meeting and remove you from the meeting. In many cases, people don't don't leave bad jobs or companies. They leave bad bosses. Toxic work environments tend to uh, uh, to uh, nurture leaders with undesirable skills, traits, and management styles. Toxic bosses exhibit certain traits, like low emotional intelligence, lack of accountability, and reactive decision making. This type of leadership has impact on productivity and team morale. So they have the, the, the low emotional intelligence, lack of accountability. They don't take any responsibility. Because the, the uh, uh, productivity starts to suffer. Maybe you've worked in such a workplace before. Your boss is abusive. Well, he could be verbally abusive. Verbal, psychological, physical, or sexual abuse should not be tolerated in any environment. Aggression has an impact on the job performance, on the on the employee's overall health and attitude towards the job. And while more and more companies provide protections from physical abuse or harassment, it is verbal, psychological, and sexual abuse and harassment that continue to exist in toxic work environments. And companies from all over the place. It doesn't matter what sector you're working in. I mean, I remember talking about this many, many years ago. And uh, the company, you know, putting in this, this, this policy about verbal, psychological and sexual abuse and harassment in the workplace. 
but this still continues in the work environments. And it doesn't matter if you work in an office. It doesn't matter where you work. It's, it's across every sector. You may not see it personally, but it is going on and potentially going on in your workplace. You know, your boss can't come up to you and you're a female or even a female boss can't come up to a male. You know, start massaging your shoulders, you know, starting to caress you in some way or form. I mean, that is just unwanted, unwanted touching and it's illegal. And what about your coworkers that are being unprofessional? You're in the coffee room, you're in the coffee room. Out for a break. Gossip. And all of the worst aspects of high school, you know, I mean, that's what high school kids do, right? They stand in their little groups and gossip about somebody. If co-workers throw each under the bus, under the bus, rather than cooperate and band together, it's important to recognize whether or not that this is nurtured from the bottom up or the top down. If leadership turns a blind eye to this behavior, or joins in the gossip, you can take steps to stop perpetuating this type of culture by actively avoiding office gossip and being transparent with your coworkers all the time. Like I said, it doesn't matter if it's the office You'd be working in a grocery store, a bank, a warehouse, manufacturing. Workplace gossip. Maybe they're gossiping about the boss. Maybe they're gossiping about somebody because they're different culturally different, come from a different background. This stuff goes on in the workplace. You know, how about as an employee, you know, you feel undervalued. Right. So you developed negative um, self-talk and you frequently undermine your worth and your work in conversation. This could be one of the signs you're being gaslighted and undervalued by your supervisor. You might be feeling like the work you do each day has no meaning or purpose. And this has serious implications on your mental health and overall happiness at work. There are things you can do to steer clear of this feeling, like bringing more visibly to your work, encouraging others to do a great work and talking to someone that you can trust. You ever feel undervalued at work? You're trying to do your job? And you're not getting... You don't feel you're getting the the appreciation that you deserve. You know, you don't have to be an honor worker. You just got to be a hard worker. But your self-worth, your self-worth to that company. And because of all this workplace, you know, workplace 
toxic environment, what about your health? What about your health that has been, has now start to become a concern, right? People who are undervalued fighting to survive in their own work environment tend to experience more health problems in a toxic environment can literally make you sick. And there are things that happen to your body when you hate your job, like sleeplessness, headaches, muscle pains, stomach issues, and a host of mental health concerns. What about people who work from home? There's no such thing as work-life balance. Many people experience burnout, physical discomfort, and work-life conflict as a result of working from home during this pandemic. And you may have had troubles balancing your work and personal life well before the global health crisis. I mean, you got Kids at home has to do online learning, but you still have to do your work from home. Whether it's joining Zoom meetings where you have reports that have to get done and you still have to make sure your kids are online doing their schoolwork. Getting their lunch ready still because they're at home. They still have to have their lunch because they're going to have breaks. And you have to make sure that they are settled and you are still being able to do your job. Sometimes companies and leadership teams and toxic work environments will demand that that employees devote all of their time and attention to work. That's when many professionals experience difficulties managing their personal lives, family obligations, and any opportunities of self-care that cause many women in the workplace to experience burnout as they took to the uh, took on the the uh, the brunt of the household tasks and childcare while balancing their careers during the lockdowns. Never really thought we never really thought about that kind of. I mean, what are they doing at home? Well, obviously they're at home working because they can't go to the office. But, you know, throughout this pandemic, people who are laid off from their jobs simply can't go to work. Then you have these people who have to work from home and they have to balance everything that they would do after work, after school, and on weekends, and now they have to do it during the weekday, plus work all at the same time, because the kids are not in school. And it'd be the same as two people working at home, from home. Mom and dad are at home, the kids are at home. Shared responsibilities can cause conflict because someone's going to say, well, my job is more important than your job. <laughs> and I'm sure that happens, you know, it comes to the point in time that I say, no, you know what? I can't deal with this. But I guess, you know, that, that comes to putting things to a real test, especially in relationships and working from home and you have children. But what about that single mother? Has to be at that, at that laptop or computer and still look after the children. Whether she has one child, two children, maybe she's a single mother with three children. And then what about when you're working, 
you know, at home, obviously, and there's no respect for your boundaries. So it's crucial for one's mental health and performance to set boundaries at work. In toxic environments, not only is work-life balance not achievable, there are no boundaries. Calls and emails on the weekends, late night requests, overtime, and a host of other boundary busting actions by employers can lead to high burnout levels, even higher turnover. See here, here across Ontario, I don't know about the other provinces in, in Canada, we're talking of, about, uh, they're making, coming out with a, a law, a law is called uh, disconnect. And that means that the people who are working from home, so we're talking about your boundaries. You know, at five o'clock, you sign off your laptop. You're done work. And your employee is now shooting off emails or text message you, uh, you know, what's this in the report? Oh, uh, no, I needed this done first. And after five o'clock, no, I did my job from at nine o'clock when I signed into the laptop and I signed out at five o'clock. You know, so not showing any respect for that. And, you know, and this has been, this has been going on. And, and, and people who worked in offices or people who had to work home and they, you know, you know, had to use a laptop and stuff like that. They were saying like, man, I'm getting emails at six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. They're text messaging. My boss is calling me. You know, so this is what we're talking about, you know, um, disconnect. And that, no, your employer cannot contact you after certain hours. You know, how about there's no psychological safety at work? And the psychological safety in the workplace refers to an environment where employees can openly and comfortably express their ideas and feedback without fear of a negative repercussions. And companies that uh, prioritize this are more um, interactive, adaptive to change and enjoy the benefits of diversity. When a professional environment does not provide this type of safety, diversity of thought, cannot thrive, employees are discouraged rather than empowered to innovate and contribute to whatever is going on with the business and the company meetings. Given feedback and ideas And that negative re repercussions is, is just like being passed over. And somebody else's idea is accepted over yours. And it doesn't matter what kind of company meeting that you have, you know, here in Ontario and across Canada, I mean, you know, we have company meetings, the company that I drive for, we have company meetings. And, and we have uh, a point in time in that meeting where we can give feedback. We can give our ideas. You know, we even, we even have a suggestion box in the driver's room. So it doesn't matter. We don't, you don't have to save it for the meeting. You can have a suggestion anytime that you want and you write down your suggestion or your ideas and you put it in the suggestion box. And you are recognized for it because they go through them. I know because I've put down a couple suggestions myself. Whether they have been enacted or not, you know, I, I don't get all bent out of shape about it. Some people do. Some people, it really bothers them. And it probably really bothers them because maybe they've just been passed over so often. 
you know, so it, then it starts to, to really affect them, you know, psychologically. And the lines of communication are severed or broken. So there are no excuses for poor communication in a working environment. With more tools to communicate than ever before, companies can adapt to everything from remote work to dynamic workflows and even changing deadlines. And leaders especially need to communicate the details of a task or project, ask the right questions and determine what their employees need to get the job done. Failure to do so can cause management to micromanage and steamroll their teams and ultimately cause their teams to miss milestones and fall short of goals. Especially if you're working on a, you know, on a big deal, you know, multi-million dollar contracts. You gotta give the employees the tools that they need to get the job done. And you gotta have that support. You know, caseloads. You know, I, I sometimes wonder, I mean, you know, um, law firms and lawyers, they take on a lot of cases for an example. You know, uh, yes, they have their legal secretaries to do up the, all the documents and stuff like that, but they still have to prepare for court, go to court, case after case. And like I said, if they don't have all the right tools, that'd be a major disaster in the courtroom now, wouldn't it be? Then you'd be wondering if your lawyer is just inept. Then it might not have been your lawyer's fault. Or another project you're, you're working on, you know, uh, uh, an advertisement for a big company and, you know, you're working on this and it's a, like a multi-million dollar deal. And your, your employer doesn't give you the, the, the tools that you need to get the job done. Certainly don't want to fall short of those type of goals. You ever had that feeling in the morning you get up and you're sitting on the edge of the bed and you don't want to go to work. They've been waiting to call in sick more often. Perhaps you've been on autopilot at work. If you find yourself waking up every morning, dreading the work day. And this is common. However, it's not something you should completely disregard. There could be a few reasons why you don't want to go to work. In addition to burnout and work-life balance issues, which are both typical of a toxic workplace, factors like your perceptions of the work should, what your work should be, how you get along with your coworkers, and the connections you have with actual work and play in part of your attitude towards your profession. Time to get your journal and write down some of the issues that you're plaguing your nine to five. You know, in the office, working on projects, how about your colleagues takes credit for your work? You've heard whispers that a colleague you have been co uh, collaborating with is presenting your ideas to senior management as their own then you've got a problem. If this is part of the culture and you're not only one whose work goes unnoticed or miscredited, 
then this has got toxicity written all over it. If the same people are being applauded for work they only partially did and none of their cooperations come up in the conversation, this kind of toxicity can eat at the employee's self-worth, job satisfaction, and productivity to avoid becoming the office pushover and prevent them from stealing credit to your work. So what do you do? I mean, they, they, you know, they turn around and they're in the office, you know, talking to the boss and they got your ideas and they're using your ideas and they get all the credit for it. And you're wondering why you didn't get a credit. You go talk to the boss and your boss says, well, why didn't you think of it? And you say, they're my ideas. I did think of it. Oh, well, Sally came in here first. She had these great ideas. And look at that. Look who gets all the credit. Sally, once again, you know, she gets credit for your work. And have you ever been, ever felt, you know, wherever you work, it doesn't matter where you work, you know, stuff like that. Your supervisor is holding you back. That a boss who won't advocate for you can block your career opportunities and interfere with your professional growth. And your boss doesn't have to be your mentor, coach, or the biggest champion, but if they are clipping your wings and getting in the way of your career uh, trajectory, then you will need to seek out support from other people within the organization if you want to continue raising through the ranks. That's just like going over somebody's head, right? You're not satisfied with with the results that you're getting and you're working and you're working hard and you're looking for that advancement in the workplace. But then to have to go and and seek other mentors, guides, you know, to make sure that, hey, you know what, how come I'm not getting this promotion or whatever the case may be? That could create another toxic hazard in the workplace. Because people don't like it when you go over their heads. And that's, you know, going from over the head of lower management to the higher management. But I mean, if you're showing all the all the, the, the credentials and, and all the hard work that you put in to get that promote, promotion, then there's no reason why you should be held back. You want to be assistant manager, you want to be manager. You want to be a lead hand. But I guess you got to be careful of whose head that you go over because it could just cause more problems for yourself. And it shouldn't happen that way unless you can prove that, Hey, you know what? My supervisor is just holding me back because he or she just does not like me. Always talking down to me, discrediting me. Maybe you might, you know, you know, um, have some good challenge there when you take it up to upper management. And, and showing what you've done, showing what you're capable of doing. And yes, you should have that promotion. And then fire your boss. You know, we talked about, you know, your feedback and ideas are ignored. If your ideas and feedback are being completely disregarded, And for marginalized professionals, speaking up in a boardroom can be a challenge, especially if the work culture does not already make space for their voice, right? So in a toxic workplace environment where most unrepresented and underheard professionals aren't even invited to the table. 
And this exclusion can lead to reduced productivity and even loss of profits. Companies that value diversity and inclusion perform better. So you don't just have to have the CEO and the upper management in these board meetings. Because you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be like one group, right? And you should be, be you should be included in your ideas and feedback. Like I talked to before, like in our in our drivers meetings, our ideas and in our in our feedback. You know, everybody has the opportunity to give any ideas or any feedback. And I've never seen anybody being, you know, not welcomed to give any ideas or feedbacks in any of our meetings. But this does happen in the workplace environments. And the workplace conflict is encouraged. When you bring people from different backgrounds, experience levels, and walks of life together to work on a project, you're going to encounter conflict at some point in time or another. A toxic work environment that encourages conflict will see this culture spread throughout the organization affecting customer relationships, collaboration, stress levels, and whether an organization is dealing with the issues like a manager's leadership style, conflicts with customers, personality clashes, or even discrimination. Effectively managing conflicts can help a company make its employees feel heard, seen, and safe. Right. So, you know, working together on projects. I mean, is it like because someone is from a different culture? They don't like their. worth ethics, they don't like their ideas. Could feel that they're, you could feel that they're too aggressive. They want to take control. They want to oversee the whole project when you're supposed to be working in a group. How about you're being micromanaged? So in the pandemic lockdowns caused by a massive shift to remote to work to, to remote work, employees reported more headaches with their managers, managers that were slow to adopt to the remote working conditions, feared that their staff would slack off or lose motivation. And this led many leaders to report micromanagement. So hampering creativity and causing uh, resentment in a toxic work environment. Employees don't feel empowered and feel like every move is being scrutinized. Well, we've gone to the washroom too many times. Oh, how many coffees are you going to have in the next 10 minutes? How many smoke breaks are you going to have? How many times do you have to get up to look after the kids? Things like that. So they're always being micromanaged for every little thing that they do. Being at home, working from home during this pandemic. You're being scrutinized for everything that you're doing at home. 
trying to do your job and manage the everyday things that are going on in your home, especially when, like I said, especially when you have the children home doing online learning. Coming back five, 10 minutes after your break, where were you? Supposed to be back in the meeting at nine o'clock, not 10 after nine. And so on. Just micromanaged throughout the entire day. It's like someone, you know, it's like someone's just standing over your shoulder, making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Constantly. That's what micromanaged is. That's how people would be feeling who for those for the for the individuals who had to do home office instead of the office. And then it all leads down to, you know, your loved ones have noticed that you're unhappy. You know, if we spend a third of our adult lives at work and we are miserable during that time, it's easy to see how this could premate other parts of our lives, making us miserable all the time. And if loved ones have expressed concern for your long hours, your mood swings, and your overall all over on happiness at work, it's not something you should ignore. Sure, they're not in your position, nor do they know what goes down each day in your job but they have the advantage of seeing the signs you're miserable. As outsiders looking in by checking in with your physical, emotional, rational well-being, you can determine if you're heading in the right direction or steering into a full-blown burnout territory. Anything can set you off. Even the dog starts to bark and you just lose your mind. Kid won't stop rolling the car across the floor in front of you. We're almost like, dad, 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 help me with this, dad, help me with that. And you know, you've got all these problems, right? You got all these work problems. I mean, when you start snapping at the littlest things and moping and grumping and stomping your feet around the house and doing all that kind of shit, you know you got a problem going on. And it isn't the family. It's your job. Easier to get into that, harder to get out of it. They can work extra hard to get out of that mode. And somehow life balance of work to have a smoother household. bad bosses and it just guess it'd be time to have a talk with the boss or supervisor, whoever the may the case be who maybe putting all this workload, all these caseloads on top of you. Five o'clock or four o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, your boss comes in, he says, Oh, I need all these papers signed by five. And it's just a stack of files. That's just about the time you just want to just pick them up and throw them up in the air and walk out of the office and tell your boss to kiss your ass. That kind of environment, that kind of work environment. We, you know, we see this in TV movies. We see this in TV shows. 
you know, where do they think they get this stuff from? Because it happens in the workplace. Yeah, crazy, you know. Where'd that one come from? Microaggression. Microaggressions aren't called out. So microaggressions in the workplace not only cause toxicity in the culture and ranks, over time, they can compound into to impact employees' experience as well as physical and psychological well-being. Microaggression can come in the forms of casual statements like, I don't see color or your name is so exotic by deterring a culture of inclusion, they can make coworkers feel othered and reinforce white privilege. When leaders and managers do not confront these microaggressions through inclusive practices, it undermines the damage these interactions can have on their employees and further fueling a toxic culture. That's what microaggressions, they're not called out. So have you ever experienced any of these things in your workplace? and you feel it needs to be addressed, but you can't have a bad boss. The CEO, I mean, there's gotta be somebody you can go over their head to talk about it because your supervisor, they have a boss. There's always somebody atop of somebody in the workplace. It doesn't just end there with your supervisor. File a grievance. Maybe if you work in a, in a union, then you'd see your union rep. And you would file the grievance that way. But not every place is unionized. But you do have options that you can always, always go over somebody's head, even if they don't like it or not. Right? Because you can express that concern as well. Because you say, look, I went over so-and-so's head to come to see you. And I know when I go back there after he sees you, he's going to come down hard on me. And that is not going to be tolerated. So someone has to take your supervisor up to the office, turn them over the knee and give them a good smack on the ass and tell them to knock it off. Or we'll fire you. You have rights in a workplace. It's a good idea to exercise your rights. Because they can't fire you. You know, wrongful dismissal. I mean, that's just going to just cause more headaches for the for for the for the uh, for the CEO, the owner of the company. So the matters have to be resolved in the workplace. If you, I mean, you're working for a company, you know, thirty years. And then they think that you're the issue. Hello, severance pay. 
time to take the boss to court. Go over your company policies, company policies and procedures. Every company has one. They're made available for every employee. Any job that I've ever been hired for, and even in the trucking industry, every job I've been hired for, you know, they're they're passing forms over to you. Here, sign this form, sign this form. How many, how many do you actually stop and peruse it? Do you do you read the fine print? You know, the saying, yeah, this is the policies and procedures here. Just sign right, just sign right there. Don't worry about that top line. You, you just sign right down there on the bottom. That's all we needed for John Henry right there. Right? No, you give me that piece of paper because I'm going to peruse it for a few minutes. You know, they're all excited. They're all excited about hiring you. But then they want you to sign all these documents and they're pushing them one after the other. You know, something comes up down the road. Oh, yeah. You remember you signed this piece of paper? Oh, yeah, that one. why it's important you know to take the time to to peruse that document that the company you're going to work for but you like i said all employees have rights you have rights in the workplace so you know if you feel that you know you're being discriminated against harassment you know, you feel that you're not just being appreciated. You know, that's when, you know, you, you stand up for yourself. And you state your case and, and you do it level-headed and you be reasonable. I mean, you can't go marching into the boss's office and slam the door shut, sit down at his desk and say, hey, you listen here. That's not going to get you very far. You know, by taking the time, putting your case down on paper and setting up a meeting with your supervisor or the CEO or somebody to sit down and talk to them about it. Then you get somewhere. And hopefully that your supervisor or the CEO can hammer whatever, hammer out whatever the, the issues are. You know, every day, you know, every single day, you know, going, going through, going through our lives is stressful enough. But we need that job in order to pay the mortgage, put the food on the table and the clothes on the back of the kids, and maybe you're saving for their education, or your new car that you wanna buy. But you don't have to work in a toxic workplace neither. Because it's you that can make that change. But be careful about quitting. Because you might not get employment insurance. And you're certainly not going to get any severance pay. There's a decision that you have to make. And it's a decision that you're going to have to tell yourself, say, I'm going to have to have a job before I leave this job. But in the heat of the moment, sometimes people just walk off the job. They just say the hell with it. They quit. In my profession, it's easy to do that. I could quit my job tomorrow, the company that I'm working for, and be working the next day for somebody else. 
but not all sectors are like that. Unless right now you want to work in the hospitality. There's plenty of work there because a lot of people lost, left the hospitality because of the pandemic, because of being laid off so much, because of all the shutdowns. So there is plenty of work in that. And as we're trying to climb out of this, you know, March 1st, I mean, March 1st is on Tuesday. And coming March 1st, all vaccine certificates, we won't need them to show that you're vaccinated to go to a movie, to go to the restaurant. But some places are still going to opt in of using it. And it's not the government. The government is lifting that mandate. But companies are still choosing to use the vaccine certificate on their own. And that's a risk they're willing to take for business. And by March 15th, lifting the mask mandate. In most, if not all places, but more likely in the healthcare, probably, you know, like nursing homes and retirement homes, they themselves could keep that mandate. Just because the government says you don't have to wear a mask in public public buildings anymore, it may be up to that nursing home or that retirement home to say, no, you come in here and you still have to have a mask. Vaccine mandates. If and when, you know, the, the, the federal government here in Canada turns around and says, okay, we're going to lift the, man, the mandate vaccine on truckers. But that still leaves one problem. Is that the United States to go into the United States, trucker or not, all foreign nationals must be vaccinated, have proof of vaccination in order to enter the United States. And vice versa. So it wouldn't matter. Right? And maybe if the federal government, you know, you know, just lifted the mandates, and maybe the United States would follow. But that's not for for our government to say. Our government can't tell your government to lift your mandate because we lifted ours. And vice versa. So even though these mandates are starting to lift, You know, what's it, you know, even, even in workplaces, it doesn't matter across any sector of workplaces. I mean, what if they still want you to wear that mask in the workplace? You know, a lot of people are back in the office now because they can go back in the office. What is the workplace environment? in those settings are going to be like, like I don't work in the office. Well, my office is, is, a, is a transport truck, but I'm in that truck by myself. But other sectors across, uh, you know, uh, across the board of any workplace, what's this going to look like at the end of the day?
Now, I said earlier before a lot of you came on here, and I thank you for coming on the show and joining me, that um, you want a cause to protest about? And you want to go out there and protest, you want to go out there and holler freedom? Hollering freedom in a free country? Here's a protest for you. We protest against the war in Ukraine. We protest against Russia. That's a protest. See, people of Ukraine who live in Ukraine is going through this. Look who's losing their freedom. So when I hear people hollering out freedom in a free country, you can kind of imagine how stupid that sounds. How about when we stand up and rise up against war? Another country attacking a democracy. Putin is just as, as, as sick as Hitler was. That's what we protest against. In and around your communities, I'm sure that you have people who live in the United States who are Ukraine. We have people living here in Canada that, that are Ukraine right here in my city. You want to rise up and support and support something and pro and protest against something? Go out there and join that community. Go out there and join that community in a protest. And stop taking your liberties and freedoms for granted. Because those people in Ukraine are losing their liberties and freedoms. Thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. It is 11.40 p.m. A.M. P.M. I don't even know what time it is anymore. I got to open up my blinds. Oh, look at that. It's 11.40 a.m. here in Southern Ontario. That's too funny. Whatever time it is for you. Afternoon. Might be going into the nighttime. Or maybe it's already tomorrow. For you listening here on the Truckers Podcast, I appreciate you coming on to my show, joining me here this Sunday morning. Take care, be safe, give your loved ones a hug, and stay out of trouble. Drop the needle on the vinyl. <laughs>